in perfect harmony. Though, probably just say all our predictions were wrong. Uh, did anybody have any prediction that was right? I don't think anybody picked Boston to win. No, nope. so we, we all just failed. I'll get an F. Wait, what do we pick? Whatever we did, it was wrong. I don't. Nobody had anything right. Pebble had them by double digits. Yeah, in game six. Yeah. Okay. I thought they'd come out on fire and they crapped the bed. <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. And all the discussion about well, you needed the home court. Yeah, had home court. They home had court home had court. nothing to do with it. You would have either played. You won five on the road. You lost six at home, and you lost six on the road. What, what difference would it have been if you had home or away? Five would have been at home. You won that game. Six would have been on the road. You lost that game. I don't. I don't. I don't see how that can be factored in. Does that factor in for you? The game the at home the stuff? end. Yes, because they lost the last game on purpose, so uh, they wouldn't have to play the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I would assume. I don't know why they were afraid of Brooklyn. Well, but I just. I don't look at that as being a factor. So we, uh, everybody gets an F, um, other than the person who called and said that I had predicted that the Bucks couldn't win another series without uh, Middleton. Unfortunately, I'd forgotten I said that, so I can't even take credit for that since I went in the other direction yeah, many times after that. I, no, you. I, my, uh, I changed. Well, I didn't say the Boston was going to win. You didn't. No. No, but you said the Bucks couldn't win a series. Right, but I mean after I said that, I you know, they're in the series yeah, with you Boston. Only, but I'm, see, you you only changed because you were forced to change. Um yeah, you were forced to change. Nothing uh Boston was doing was showing you that they were going to pull it out. I, after after game 5 in Boston, yeah. The Bucks smacked them. You thought there's no way. You're you're dead now. You look you don't look like you can win, Boston. You don't look like you can win. Yeah, I actually didn't think that. I thought he was. I did. I thought the coach would be like, "Hey, we had the game one. They were so lucky." That's what you're saying mentally. Well, no, I said it. I said it at the time. We both said that they, Giannis had a bad shot. It went in. Correct. Um, and uh, it wasn't like. But the the fact of the matter is, all those things are correct. But you still lost. Correct. That's the problem. Yes. And that is not easy to overcome. You got to give Boston a ton of credit for overcoming that. Yeah, being like you know, you know the odds or the you know what the statistics are for losers of Game Five. Yes, not good. It's like eighty something percent. So that and the way just the the way the game went, the way I would be feeling. Neither a, of the last player, two games were close. Yeah, you got to talk to. At yeah, I end. mean, th- that's that's probably the Boston that coming into the series where I said I'm picking Boston to win. Right, because the way they played the last two. That's the way they played against Brooklyn, and yes. that's the way they had been playing late in the season. I'm like, okay, this this Boston, Bucks without Middleton, you can't beat them. Right, plus if you told me that Bucks were going to shoot four for 100 three-point shooting. Yeah, the Bucks have those clunkers, though. They typically don't have enough in a seven-game series to, to really hurt them. They might have one or two, mm-hmm. uh, but also the team's got to be able to take advantage. Then uh, You look at the first five games, eh, Boston was not that impressive. Correct. They won a couple games. They weren't weren't impressive, but I guess if you look at it, like uh, maybe they 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 could have they out of the first four games they could have been up three one very easily. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, they proved they they proved that they're the better team, and they proved that the Bucks needed uh, Middleton to uh, to beat Boston in the series. Mm. I mean, the biggest problems the Bucks had. 
were offensive problems. They didn't score enough points in so many games. You can't win in the NBA, in the current NBA, scoring that few points. You're going to lose all the time. A few times they went through that clunker. That's why I always, when I talk about the Bucs, I go, they need more... They need more Giannis and Lopez inside because you... you and they going, had it. Going through those scoring droughts, yeah. though, it's because you're shooting threes and you're Correct. missing. Well, they had Lopez. That's why they were up by 10 early in the game. Lopez was on fire. But guess what they did? What? They didn't continue with Lopez. They didn't continue or <laughs> right. the team took it away. I know he came out. And those are two easy... In, those are inside buckets that he and Giannis give. They're easy. Right. I and mean, they were talking easy. how... And I you they were talking how on TV they just have to run the pick and roll with uh, Giannis and... And uh, and holiday, they said like it's just easy money. They can score every time. It, it is easy money, and they just man, they didn't do they, it. I know they want to come down and shoot those quick threes. They just. They but anyway, like the only to. time they were in it was when Lopez was doing Correct. what Lopez can do. Lopez and, is going to work. I, like I said, Boston had no answer for inside. I mean, they Giannis doing what he wants to, Lopez doing what he wants to down low. And I give credit for Boston. They've taken the approach that I would suggest, and that is you just fall down a few times. They just fall down. That's how, and you get a few they calls. Do. Yeah, well, just yeah. Well, I mean, just fall down. And until un- they li- until they listen to me, well, unfortunately, fall- it's not only Boston though. Everybody does it. Giannis, I know. Well, Giannis I can, leads the league in offensive fouls. I can I can end it. I can end it right now, real easy. And I give him credit for one uh, the Bucks challenge to call on Giannis, and and they reversed it because he didn't do anything. Right. That uh, falling down does not create a foul. Uh, in fact, when you fall down, there will be no foul called. So you want to fall down? You can't fall down. You can you can step back, be pushed back, but this this falling down has got to end. And I figured out how to end it. But fall down all you want. You're not getting a call. You're not getting a call. Says Homer. Says Homer. We will uh, look closely at what offensive players are doing, and they lead with the elbow, or you know all the things they can do. We're going to call that and call that, and a player doesn't have to fall down to do it. You can you can uh, you can fall back, but you better be standing. You fall on the court, no whistle, and they're going to eventually get to it. They're just not going to say it because it's just getting worse and worse. Everybody's figured it out. Against a big guy like Giannis, why not do it? You're going to get a few. Yeah, they've been doing that for years, though. Little guys yeah. especially, they go against a big guy in the post, they're going to fall down. everybody does it. doesn't matter how big you are anymore as a defensive player. You're falling down. No, but I'm saying back in the day, yeah. when you're a little guy, you were always going to fall. Correct. That was yeah. the only hope you had. <laughs> Correct. Now... Everybody does it, especially against Giannis. So I visionaries are accustomed to just waiting a long time before they change. But, but remember, I told you about the, the the inconsistency of the ref, and I have and I have seen people talking about the refs, and I, I just hate when they do it because the refs was not the problem. I don't think there are. Do I think? Do you not, think the refs no, call had not, any effect? No, no, the refs. No, I don't think they had any effect. But Pebble, what, you think the refs screwed up? Not when you get scored sixty six to twelve from three. But here's the see if you, if you guys remember these two calls. These were two of the most hilarious things that I've ever saw, and it just uh, exemplifies what I talk about the refs, uh, how inconsistent they are. Pat Connaughton drew an offensive foul. Where Jason Tatum went up to shoot, mm-hmm. right? Jason Tatum's dribbling left. He's right. right-handed, mm-hmm. so he has to eventually come back to his right hand to get up a shot, Which right? puts his elbow. Right. Connaughton has his face in that space, Correct. and it's an offensive foul. Right. Giannis elbows smart in the neck. <laughs> Defensive foul. Yeah. I'm like... What's going on? Well, here? no, and I, I, and that's my my rule too, which they need to work on, and that is why uh, um, Connaughton shouldn't have gotten the call. You must give the offensive player space. No, that are, that is the rule. 
I know, but they 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 didn't call it that. I way. I know, but you add that yeah. has. They didn't call it that way, but that's what I'm saying. That is the that's hundred percent the rule. But they have to emphasize that you rule have, as well. If you have your guy, if your hand is sticking out in the guy's shot pocket and he raises up to shoot and you hit right. his arm, it's a foul. I mean, I think that Boston apparently, if you put your face in there, it's not a foul. No, I think Boston's defensive approach involves playing that close and violating that rule and knowing that it won't be called that often. They did it more against New Jersey than they did against Brooklyn than they did against the Bucks. But they get too close to people and don't let offensive players have any movement, and that's a foul. You have to. They, there has to be. I mean, you know what it is. There. there has to be a distance there. One eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. We will get to that. Uh, Jason's going to be on in a bit because the uh, Green Bay Packers defense defense. Jair Alexander is now the highest paid defensive back. In the NFL, it's pretty close. He's just a little bit ahead of uh, Denzel Ward and Jalen Ramsey. They're at twenty million plus. He's at twenty-one. Um, is he the best, though? Is he the best? Um, no, I don't think so. But I am not sure who is. Call T. Buck. Well, T. Buck's going to say he is the best because T. Buck to- coached him in high school or coached him in college at Louisville. Okay, so uh, but I, I'm no, biased. I'm no. He's biased. I'm no expert on defensive backs. He's he's among the elites, and then yeah. some. The next person's going to get more than he gets. So he's he's going to be the highest yeah, paid just, for a little bit. I was just curious of. Uh, Do I think that Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in the NFL? No, I don't. But I could be wrong because I haven't studied it that much. Do you know who it would be, though? Uh, no. Yeah, Jalen de- Ramsey, maybe? I'll defi- he, he gets beat. I'll defer to any of you. Tredavious White think, from Buffalo? Yeah, do you think that Jair Alexander is the best cornerback uh, in the NFL? Pebble? Yes or no? Uh, no. Uh, he's how, up there. He's top five. But I, I don't think he's number one. I, I, uh, I probably shouldn't even vote because I don't know that I watch it that closely. But I... Uh, you know, you follow things people say, and they never talk about Jair Alexander. Hey, the greatest cornerback. First of all, he was hurt. So, talk about him being good, but yeah, not 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 the top. So, is it wrong that he was paid this? No, it proves okay, that this premise that the paid, uh, it's well, market no, value. Well, yeah, and the and the Packers are paying the going rate exactly. Anybody that says the Packers aren't taking care of business is no longer right. They're they're paying. Uh, they're handling that business. Yes. Uh, of course, we know that it's official. How do we know it's official? Adam Schefter said Adam it. Schefter. Oh, um, there it is. Record him. signing bonus of $30 million as part of a four-year, $84 million contract. Uh, I don't know that that means anything. Um, we'll get Jason. It all To me, all, all is about the signing bonus and guaranteed and how much money you get in the first two. There, Somebody has to have a uh, a place where you can figure out what contracts really mean. And I don't know. If there is one, let me know. Because the fact that it's four years, $84 million, I don't know that that means anything. I know this. A signing bonus of $30 million is $30 million he's got in his bank account today. Signing bonus is now. Right now. That's what I want. What I'd love is a signing bonus of $84 million. That would make it. That would make a little different influence on the way. Four years, $84 million. We know the last year you never have that. They, they put a lot of money. That went but so Jason Wildey's next, and he will tell us where it fits. $30 million today. Signing bonus. Jair Alexander has a new four-year contract. I, I almost don't want to say he has a new four-year contract. Because the four years don't mean anything. 
What do I have? Jair Alexander has a new contract with the Packers. $30 million signing bonus. Doesn't that give you the best idea of how yeah, important that's what you get now. He is now the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. Jason Wildey next.